there, and welcome back to Take One, the podcast that brings you just one inspired page of Talmud a day. I hope you need a major burst of inspiration in your life, a real midweek pick-me-up, because it doesn't get much better than today's page, telling one of the Talmud's most famous stories about one of the Talmud's most famous rabbis. So first, here it is in full. The Gemara further relates, Rabbi Akiva was the shepherd of Ben Kalba Savua, one of the wealthy residents of Jerusalem. The daughter of Ben Kalba Savua saw that he was humble and refined. She said to him, If I betroth myself to you, will you go to the study hall to learn Torah? He said to her, Yes. She became betrothed to him privately and sent him off to study. Her father heard this and became angry. He removed her from his house and took a vow prohibiting her from benefiting from his property. Rabbi Akiva went and sat for 12 years in the study hall. When he came back to his house, he brought 12,000 students with him. And as he approached, he heard an old man saying to his wife, For how long will you lead the life of a widow of a living man, living alone while your husband is in another place? She said to him, If he would listen to me, he would sit and study for another twelve years. When Rabbi Akiva heard this, he said, I have permission to do this. He went back and sat for another twelve years in the study hall. When he came back, he brought 24,000 students with him. His wife heard and went on toward him to greet him. Her neighbors said, Borrow some clothes and wear them, as your current apparel is not appropriate to meet an important person. She said to them, A righteous man understands the life of his beast. When she came to him, she fell on her face and kissed his feet, that is, Akiva's feet. His attendants pushed her away, as they did not know who she was. And he said to them, Leave her alone, as my Torah knowledge and yours is actually hers. In the meantime, her father heard that a great man came to the town. He said, I will go to him. Maybe he will nullify my vow and I will be able to support my daughter. He came to him to ask about nullifying his vow. And Rabbi Akiva said to him, Did you vow thinking that this Akiva would become a great man. He said to him, If I had believed he would know even one chapter or even one halakha, I would not have been so harsh. He said to him, I am he. Ben Kalva Savoa fell on his face and kissed his feet and gave him half of his money. Let's slow it down and tell it again because it really pays off to focus on the details here. Rachel, that, other sources tell us, is the name of Kalba Savoa's daughter, sees a guy named Akiva. She's young and beautiful. She's the daughter of a very wealthy man. And he, he's 40 years old. He's an illiterate shepherd. Most other women would have ignored this middle-aged schlub or, at best, would have smiled at him gently and said a few polite words and then moved on and socialized with like-minded folks. But Rachel isn't most other women. 
Rachel sees the actual potential in Akiva. And she is willing to make the sacrifice it takes to help him become what she knows he can become. Which, incidentally, is one of the greatest sages who ever lived. She waits for him for 12 years. She risks the wrath of her father and the mockery of her peers. Then she waits for 12 years more, waiting for Akiva to finally bloom into the genius she'd always known he truly was. And he, he never forgets it. Even with 24,000 adoring fans screaming at his back, he understands that he owes his good fortune and his entire Torah, all of his essence, all of his learning, to this one woman who gave up so much, who gave him so much, who gave him the chance to realize his potential and who was able to see what wasn't immediately evident to others. Which brings us to right now. We are, right now, in the middle of the Hebrew month of Elul, the month of soul-searching and reflection. We have 30 days to shape up and arrive at Rosh Hashanah with our spiritual muscles flexed, with our hearts open, and with our souls ready for the high holidays and all that awesome business about the Book of Life and Divine Judgment. And it's not a coincidence that we call this month Elul, because Elul in Aramaic means to search. Onkelos, the great translation of the Bible into Aramaic, tells us that when Moses sent the spies to first visit the land of Canaan, they elulized. The word is vaya'alelun, meaning they searched the country, not just as tourists might. The Hebrew verb, just for fun, was vayaturu, or they traveled, but as seekers should, trying to see not just what is evident, but what is harder to grasp. We know how this exercise ended. Of the 12 spies, 10 failed miserably, growing terrified that Canaan's inhabitants will crush the newcomers. Only two, Kalev ben Yifune and Yoshua ben Nun, saw Canaan's true potential and understood that with faith and perseverance and grit, even a barren hilltop occupied by merciless enemies can turn overnight into a verdant promised land. Joshua and Kalev really searched. The others were just passing by. Elul reminds us that passing by isn't really an option. The month calls us to be like Rachel, to look at each other and at ourselves and ask, what is truly possible? What is truly true about who we truly are? Maybe that 40-year-old guy over there, struggling with his own feelings of inadequacy, can, with a little bit of love and encouragement, become a wise and timeless leader. And maybe that young woman over there, dismissed by most as just another bored rich kid, can, with a little bit of faith and reverence, become an icon for the ages. It is all possible. So I don't care how old you are, or where you are in life, or how often you failed at keeping your resolutions, or what it is that you think you can't possibly overcome. Elul is for you. Elul is for all of us. It's a time to try, try, try again. 
Rachel and Akiva wouldn't have it any other way. This has been Take One. If you enjoy the show, and I hope you do, please go and rate and review us on iTunes or whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. Each week, we will be releasing new episodes Monday through Friday, covering the entire weekly portion of Dafyomi. Take One is a Tablet Studios production. The show is hosted by me, Leah Leibowitz, and is produced and edited by Daron Ruskay and Quinn Waller. Our team also includes Stephanie Butnick, Josh Cross, Mark Oppenheimer, Sarah Fredman-Ader, Robert Scaramuccia, and Tanya Singer. For more information, go to tabletmag.com slash take one or email us at takeone at tabletmag.com. You can find us on Twitter at takeone.fiomi or join our Facebook group by searching for Take One Podcast. I hope we have made your day a little more Talmudic and we will see you again soon. Soon.